Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These are the guys behind the glass. Even Windex and a paper towel can't handle these hot takes. These are the guys behind the glass. This is a bit of a departure from our normal music, huh? Yeah. It's not the heavy metal that I so thoroughly enjoy. Is this a love song for me and Luke? Luke and I? the two of us, baby. I see, I see what he did there. I see what he did there. I'm, I'm sorry. I must have heard a, a third voice here that we didn't give permission to open his microphone. But no, no, no. R.E.P. Kevin Droge can talk whenever he'd like. So can R.E.P. Ron. All right. I guess we'll agree to disagree on that front. All right. Well, uh, this is Guys Behind the Glass. My name is Luke Legrano. I am Justin Ellick. And the reason Kevin Droge played this song is because uh, our third uh, our third partner in crime, Mike Dino, not here this week. Yeah, because he's a doofus. Where uh, is he? Uh, he didn't tell us. It's an oh. undisclosed location. Okay. It could be anywhere. All right. All right, well. So he's peddling, uh, he's in the human trafficking business, no? <laughs> that, that, that's certainly on the table. Like, yeah, but like, you know, children. Not like grown women or grown men, for that matter. Where are you going with this? But he's... Well, listen, I mean, you know, if he's not going to disclose his location and what he's doing there, or why he's there, I'm free to speculate as I wish. Like, I guess. (laughs) I mean, this is what I'm going with, and I'll... I'll, That's your story, and you're sticking to it. I'm taking it all the way to the bank, baby. I'm cashing in. All right, so what what about if we get to... The sports. How's that? That sounds good to me. All right. So uh, the big news this week, right now, is that uh, Mayor Eric Adams mm. has changed his uh, has changed his mind on the uh, the private sector. New York City performers, and that includes athletes, uh, no longer required to get vaccinated if they'd like to participate in sports in New York City. And the big uh, athlete that that pertains to is Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets. Yep. Justin, the Nets currently sit at thirty eight and thirty five. They're eighth. In the Eastern Conference, that means they're in the middle of the playing tournament. Right. What does this mean for the Nets now that Kyrie can play in every game from here on out? Well, I think it means a lot. I think cl- clearly, right? I mean, you've seen, especially lately, over the last couple of weeks, you've seen him perform at a level um, that we're more used to on the road. I know he had a couple of uh, high 30, 30 point games last week. He even had that forty five point game. Um, I don't remember who they were playing, but uh, but he's been stellar. On the road, at least. And Kevin Durant's been been great as well. Uh, I know they lost the other night when the, both of them combined for about 75 points. But that's an outlier. Um, if those guys can go out there and do that every night, which obviously they won't, but uh, but they can. And the, the, the fact that they can go out there and do that every night is a huge deal. And most of the time, they'll get a supporting cast that will actually be able to support them. And they'll be able to ride that to a win. So I think it's a huge deal. Listen, in the playoffs, this had to happen if the Nets were going to go to the playoffs. Um, you know, this is he's the only player in the NBA that this is affecting. So obviously there's a little bit of favoritism here in terms of Eric, Eric Adams' thought process of, you know, where he's going with this and why he's doing it at the time he's doing it right before baseball season, which we'll get into in a little bit. But 
Um, but this is a huge deal. You can't have one of your best players, if not your best player on the court, and your point guard who's running the offense not play half the games in the playoffs. It's just, it, it, it's not fair. And um, you would have an asterisk next, next to uh, whatever team would eliminate the Nets in that, in that uh, respective playoff series. I think the biggest thing for the Nets right now is that Kyrie has had that experience already this season because we still have not seen Ben Simmons yet this year. Uh, that's a conditioning problem. I don't know what's wrong with him. I Bullshit. I'm a little concerned that we won't even see him this regular season. Uh, so the fact that Kyrie has had those warm-up games, he's playing games on the road, uh, and when he gets to play at home, that's going to be a lot easier for him and the rest of the team. Now, where the Nets sit right now, they're the eighth seed. That means they do get to play that first game in the play-in tournament, and that the difference between the first game and the second game, uh, huge. Just right. because... Right now they'd go Raptors, right? They would match up right now against the Raptors, yeah. yes. So they can lose that game and still make the playoffs. That's still a possibility for them. Looking ahead right now, the Raptors are forty-one and thirty-two. They are kind of high up. Uh, the Cavaliers are the sixth seed, and I I think this team is better than the Cavaliers. But I know uh, Rodwell is a, a big NBA fan. Rod, this Nets team is better than the Cavs, right? This Cavs team is definitely better. Really? But than the Nets? Been pretty injured. You crazy? One thing that you have to look out with is that KD's an animal. Who's better, Jared Allen? And I forgot to say fuck the Nets as I came on. But hey now. <laughs> yeah, that's for another time. But like you said, uh, I don't know. We, we It's a situation where we got to see with Kyrie coming back. It's a little shaky. Them two obviously can go off for, like Justin said, 70 at any time. So it's up in the air. Well, this is also a team that early on in the season was at the top of the Eastern Conference. And, yes. and not, not just early on, but, you know, really into, you know, you're getting close to the All-Star break. And this is a team that was still a top three or four seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, so they can play with anybody if they have those two guys playing at the top of their game. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, as an eight seed, even if they're, you know, even if they make it through that playing game and then they have to match up against, uh, you know, Milwaukee or, or um, you know, Philly or Miami or whoever it is, you know, they have a shot. I mean, they have the talent to be able to go out there and do it just with the fact that they have Kyrie and, and KD. So, and then, you know, who knows what Ben Simmons does if he comes back and, and can actually contribute. I mean, obviously the talent is there for the for the guy, but, uh, you know, whatever's going on with him, just don't let him shoot the ball past, I don't know, 10 feet from the bucket. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings right now. The top five teams in the East, the Heat, the Bucks, the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Bulls. I feel like any of those teams can come out of the East and play in that finals. Right. So... The Nets have plenty of time. I know 10 games doesn't seem like a lot of time. That's plenty of time to kind of work your way up in the standings and even get out of the playing tournament. Yeah, and listen, I mean, I think he's probably, Kyrie is probably looking at this as a winning scenario for him, right? He outlasted the mayor. He he outlasted this bogus, stupid rule. Um, And he, he is seen as the victor in this scenario. I mean, it's not a lot of times... It ha- there hasn't been a lot of scenarios where you've seen an unvaccinated person um, be looked at as sort of like a hero, especially in sports. But uh, but you've seen players, you know, going up to Kyrie, you know, after games, after after road games. You've seen him and KD embrace. You've seen KD, th- you know, show him a lot of support vocally in post game press conferences and all that stuff. Um, so he's kind of seen as like this martyr out there, especially in within that Brooklyn locker room. 
And uh, you know, he's probably looking at this like, "Hey, bro, I'm 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 fully, you know, torqued. I've got a full-on rager." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, he's took half the season off. The guys that are, you know, in terms of rest and in terms of wear and tear, you know, he's at he's at the top of that list in terms of guys who have a lot, you know, in terms of what's left in the tank, I guess you could say, for anybody in the NBA, he's he's at a maximum. Now, how much uh, responsibility do you think the MLB takes for uh, kind of getting this done? Because all of it. All of it. Uh, like 95%. I would, say, I would say if there was no baseball coming up, you would, you would see Kyrie Irving not playing half the playoff games that if, if the Nets make the playoffs, that the Nets would be playing in the playoffs. I think this rule would have carried throughout up until uh, Mayor Adams was ready to make it um, to uh, you know rip rip the rule down for everybody, not just the elites of of New York society. Because we know that there are plenty of unvaccinated players on both the Yankees and the Mets. It turns out there's a couple more in the Mets than I thought there were. I think like half the Mets team is unvaccinated. That's what I've heard. Yeah. I've heard that like a solid amount of the Mets are unvaccinated. And in terms of the in terms of the Yankees, I think it's only a handful, maybe four or five. One of those players. Supposedly, allegedly being Aaron Judge. Well, we have that one soundbite of him last week. I think it was of him dodging, dodging the, question. the question. But I mean, listen, he's the kind of guy that doesn't talk fucking politics like ever. So he could have easily just been being a dick about it, just yeah. because he doesn't want to talk about. Politics. And that's the thing, right? We're living in a world where you know, not directly answering a question that you right. don't want to answer is, is immediately makes you guilty, regardless of what your answer actually is. Uh, but yeah, you have to, you have to assume that because the MLB is. Uh, so we were so desperate to get the MLB back. Uh, there was so much effort put in uh, put in to get the MLB to have their full season again uh, to make that happen, and then not have half of a roster play. Uh, the Mets go back to what they looked like last year, and they're bringing up Janeshwi Fargus, Khalil Lee, uh, guys you've never heard of, com- fielding the complete outfield. Uh, you, I don't think Mayor Adams wanted that, especially now that the Mets are kind of building up their potential to be a competitor and to be a good team and kind of uh, not be the laughing stock of the MLB anymore. Not to mention the economic fallout, right? I mean, listen, you're not packing Yankee Stadium full of Yankees fans if Aaron Judge isn't on the field. Hey, that, you, don't, you don't want to get stick, uh, stuck on the FDR, the Cross Bronx. Right, the Cross Bronx! Yeah, so you got stuck it. Stuck a traffic! He's got it. Um, Justin, a uh, little bit of time left in this episode. I do want to bring up one more thing, though. Okay. A, a massive trade in the NFL. Yeah. I, I know it's tough to talk about it without Mike DiDino here, but we'll do it in his honor. Uh, Tyreek Hill, yeah, uh, arguably one of the better, if not the best, wide receiver in the NFL. The wife beater. What? The wife beater. Well, was it a wife beater or a child beater? I, uh, to be honest, it's, it's hard to keep up. Uh, yeah, the NFL. Uh, yeah, it's re- it really is. But um, he uh, he likes to hit something. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, he likes to use his fist. What? Yeah. All right. Hey, now. Uh, anyway, t- <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs have traded Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins in exchange for their first, second, and fourth round pick this year, and a fourth and sixth round pick next year. Uh, first of all, let's address the question: How does this shape the Chiefs now? Because we, we we've been talking for weeks about how that AFC West is going to be so dominant, and how anyone can come out of that. The Chiefs just lost their best weapon, and I know you can argue Kelsey. I think Tyree Kill is their best weapon. Uh, what does this do now for the Chiefs' standing amongst the division? Do they still have a shot to be a Super Bowl contender once again? Well, I would say they just brought in Juju. No, they did. Yes. So I mean, listen, Juju's not uh, a not Tyree Kill. Um, but he's something that you can put in that kind of same sort of role. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, Tyreek was, you know, returning a lot of kicks, all that stuff, special teams. He was more of a utility guy than um, than he got credit for, I believe. And uh, Juju's not going to do any of that, but in terms of options 
for Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't get so much worse. Um, Tyreek Hill's a great talent, but uh, to be honest, I think I think he um, I think he not overstayed his welcome in Kansas City, but it was time for him to move on. I mean, listen, for a guy in his still in his prime here, he now has an opportunity to go uh, elsewhere to the Dolphins to Miami and um, build uh, another branch of his legacy. Um, you know, a guy like Tyree, Tyreek Hill with that sort of talent rarely ever stays on one team throughout. So, you know, and unless he was going to play in KC until he's 30, you know, I mean, what wide receiver is really playing until, you know, into their early mid-30s. But, um, but he would be the type of athlete that would be able to do it possibly. Uh, but no, now's the time for him to get out of there, go somewhere else. He welcomed this trade. And I think the five freaking draft picks, which is a shitload, three this year, you said? Uh, yes, the, the 29th overall, the 50th overall, and I'm not sure where in the fourth round pick. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you probably want to get an actual professional back, at least one. Yeah. But, uh, but this is a good haul. This is a good haul for them, and it gives them the opportunity to go out and, and pretty much draft whoever they want to draft in, in this in this upcoming uh, draft. The skill player uh, crop in this upcoming draft is great. And right. I, obviously, as a Jet fan, I'm looking at that a lot because that's where you know we have to try and hit on something. Right. Uh, a lot of great receivers uh, down bottom. Jamison Williams, I, I really think, is going to be a steal for anyone who can get him in the 20s. Uh, and then you look uh, deep into the second round, a lot of tight ends. You have uh, Trey McBride, uh, Jalen Wertemeyer, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, but a lot of great talents uh, down there. They could get someone back, but I think uh, what this trade really does is it proves two things. How good is Mahomes really? Uh, we know th- that he's really good. You don't get to be that successful at yeah, his he age fell, without he being... fell off a tad this year, but yes. Yeah, exactly. And now he's losing his best weapon. Obviously, he gets Juju back. I believe he's getting Valdez Scantling from the Packers as well. We'll find out how good he is this year, though, now that he doesn't have... Very much so. ...the absolute best deep target in the NFL. Indeed. And now we find out the Dolphins... If they can really compete with Buffalo. Right. Because now they've got Waddle and Hill. They've got Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds. Uh, I believe Gaskin is still on the team in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gesicki, still they're a phenomenal tight end. And, that's how you say and, it. And Tua, oh, yeah, Mike Gesicki, uh, <laughs> Southern Regional High School uh, talent. He's right Greek. There, out of Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he went to a, a high school by me in Jersey. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Mike Isaki, and then Tua Tagovailoa is supposed to be uh, one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen in the last uh, couple of years. Yeah, I would say uh, he's got this year. Tua, yeah, exactly. Tua. This and this. So we, I feel like Giants fans for the last three or four years have said this is Daniel Jones's year. This is the year we find out about Daniel Jones, and that's just been the constant narrative. This is the year we find out about Tua. There is legitimately no excuse. Yeah. He's got three phenomenal weapons to throw to. He's got plenty of help in the backfield. The defense is still uh, very much able to take care of themselves. There is no excuse for them not to perform. And Tyreek Hill's the perfect weapon for any quarterback, right? I mean, you can have him out wide. You can have him in the slot. You can throw him in the backfield. There's a lot that he can do. Um, you know, you can pretty much run half your playbook through Tyreek Hill. So, but at the same time, right, he was a fifth-round draft pick. So yep. I think think about what you can get in the draft without even really trying. Yep, absolutely. And I, th- I think it's important to note, uh, just, just for me personally, that while uh, the Miami trade was accepted, and that's where Tyree Kill ended up, uh, the New York Jets did have a trade on the table that was accepted by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they you can't Tyree see me, but I'm, I'm rolling my eyes. So, so, so the Jets had offered the They're Kansas in the back City of Chiefs. my head. The Jets had offered the Kansas City Chiefs the 35th overall, the 38th overall, and the 69th overall. Not good enough. In exchange, the, well, the Chiefs accepted it. The Chiefs let Tyreek decide where he wanted to go. 
and the, in return, the Jets would have gotten uh, Tyree Kill and the number 103rd overall. So the Jets would have had the fourth overall pick, the tenth overall pick, and Tyree Kill this year. Um, but they I, don't. They don't exactly. Right. Tyree Kill does live in Florida. Uh, he was always going to pick them over us. Uh, but th- this guy has to be public enemy number one for for Jets fans. Has to. You but why? Like why do you get your panties in a bunch when it? You know who? I mean, I guess he did say himself it was almost a done deal, but. Because you're, you're really going to hold a grudge on a guy who who never even put on your uniform? Like I get yeah, it, absolutely. I get it. If it's a guy who comes comes for one year and then he jumps shit because he doesn't like it, or you know, a guy who sucks for a few years with with your team and then goes elsewhere and starts dominating. But uh, this guy never even put on a Jets hat. Yeah, it, the the reason I, first of all he went to a rival, went to a division rival, and when asked why he didn't come to us, he said who. The Jets. I love Tyree. The, what? The, yeah, exactly. See, the Jets. I don't think you. The don't Jets think are in this that. vicious cycle of they suck and they won't get better until players come to play for them. But unfortunately, no one wants to come play for them because they suck. It's a vicious cycle that can't even fix itself. And they're like so, the Knicks. Exactly. Exactly like the Knicks, Justin. Exactly like the Knicks. How about that? How about that? I got uh, Luke to praise my brain. Uh, it's probably the first and last time that's going to happen. On well, show. what do you know? <laughs> but yeah, listen, at the end of the day, um, you know, the the Dolphins got a whole shitload better with just by adding one guy. I and, won't even and, and there's maybe two, three or four guys around the NFL that if you add them to your team, you immediately shoot to the top of your division. I won't even ask you about the Jets, but rank the Bills, the Dolphins and the Patriots. Who how is that division going to look like? Well, uh, you got to see if Mac Jones can keep it up. Um, I would still put the Bills at the top. I think Josh Allen is is like a certified superstar at this point, and um, and he's got great weapons around him, enough enough to get the job done in terms of um, of outlegging the Dolphins. And then the Dolphins have this whole, you know, uh, team identity issue where they don't really know what kind of offense they're going to run, and um, you know what kind of team they're going to be. And I'm not sure. <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure this helps in terms of what they're able to do on offense, but it might even make things more complicated in terms of your playbook and, you know, the um, the plethora of the range, I guess you could say, of things you're going to be throwing at Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, it's hard, I know. We won't make it say it again. Right. Who's going who's, who's gonna to pretty much be relying on, you know, his coaching staff, on the weapons around him to go out there and help him prove himself. So... We'll see, but I mean, at the at the end of the day, Tyreek Hill makes your team a lot better. I still don't think they're the best team in that division. Here's my my official prediction: Dolphins twelve and five, Bills eleven and six, Patriots eight and nine, Jets six and six and eleven. Patriots eight and nine. Eight and nine. Why do you say that? I think I think Mac Jones got so lucky last year. Mm. So lucky. I don't think I don't think he's that good. I, th- I think he's good. I don't think he's that good. Well, uh, granted, I didn't watch a ton of Patriots games, but. Uh, He's got he's got the look of an NFL quarterback, if we're being honest. Yeah, listen, he could. It's Bill Belichick. How are you going to go against him? But that's unfortunately, true. Justin, that's about all the time we have for this week. Oh, no. It was nice just the two of us. It really was, wasn't yeah, it? Was it was a good time. All right, now you can take your hand off my dick. What? Right, what? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you for listening to another episode of Guys Behind the Glass. I've been Luke Legrano. I've been Justin Ellick. And ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next week. Hopefully, all three of us back together. Take care. We will see you then. Sayonara. Sayonara.